Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. And today we're going to talk about how to create engaging content based on research with, with over 1 million people. You're going to get practical ideas to enhance your content and your engagement with clients and prospects in our conversation with Ben Worthen, founder of Message Lab. I can't wait to introduce him. It's going to be a fantastic conversation today. Huge thanks to this episode's sponsor, Selling from the Heart, and the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge. If you've got a sales team and want to get the year off to an incredible start, make sure to enroll yourself and your reps in the challenge. It's running every day. It's already in motion this week, January 17th through 21st from 12 to 1 Eastern. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be coached by incredible leaders like Jeffrey and Jennifer Gittimer, Heather Monahan, Carson Hetty, Morgan Ingram and more. Oh, Scott Schilling, Revenue Growth Podcast alumni himself. Look, you don't want to miss this. And even if you are not able to come live, all of it's being recorded. You can register for free at www.authenticsellingchallenge.com. That's authenticsellingchallenge.com. You can get your tickets now. Well, our guest today is Ben Worthen. And I'm excited to welcome Ben to the studio. He is the CEO of Message Lab, an award-winning agency that combines journalism, data, and design to craft and content, uh, content and create experiences that get real results. Ben, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. You've had quite an interesting journey to get to this point, working with Wall Street Journal, over 50 page one stories, clients along the way, including Facebook, Google, GoDaddy, uh, just a who's who list of companies. And along the way, you've been able to do some in-depth research into how people um, engage with content. And I know right now, all of our listeners, whether whether you're listening in as a CEO, an entrepreneur, a sales leader, a marketing leader, you know, everyone's sitting here going, okay, how do I get more people to engage with my content? I'm curious, how did this research come about? One million people, that is, uh, that's a substantial amount of research. What's the backstory behind this? Yeah, it's a great question. The backstory is that in addition to creating content for our clients, one of the core ideas that we have is like, you know, it has to work, you know, no one wants to fund art projects. And so we as creative people who want to do cool storytelling, like, you know, I'm a former newspaper reporter, I love nothing yeah. more than a good story. But doing it in, you know, for clients, when there's a different kind of incentive, it's not just getting someone to read, but it's getting someone to read and then take some other kind of action that leads towards mm -hmm. a sale. Uh, we do our job well and better. Uh, provide more value when we're able to help our clients understand the relationship between someone engaging with an idea and all the way through to the point in time where they become a customer or they become a better customer. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we've always done from the beginning is use data that we can put on our clients' websites where we're taking a look at, at you know, not just 
how people are engaging with the content that we're making, but then what else are they doing? And following from the point in which we first capture someone's attention with an idea all the way through. And, you know, we've been at this for about four years now as Message Lab, and we've written thousands of pieces of content for mm -hmm. our clients, like many thousands of pieces. Mm -hmm. And we have watched and observed really closely through all kinds of little, you know, specific data points that we try to capture what happens and, and you add it up and we probably have a bank of, I mean, millions with an S of people's, yeah. you know, consumption habits that we've seen across a whole bunch of clients. And from there, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think is pretty cool is that it turns out um, people are people and people are readers and it doesn't really matter if you're selling widgets or software or, you know, social networking, uh, you know, people's behavior when it comes to engaging with content is kind of the same always. That's fascinating. What a, what an incredible uh, well of ideas and, and insight to draw upon. Uh, you know, a lot of times I think uh, business owners look at content and go, man, we're pouring all this money into content. We're putting all this stuff out there. Why aren't more people engaging with it? Why aren't more people reading it? What are some of the top things you learned as you start to look into that data? Yeah, so there's, I mean, it's a big question. And in order to answer it, you have to look at a lot of different aspects of it. Uh -huh. um, for us, there's a handful of things that we would say that are each pieces that we would look at. So on the content creation standpoint, you know, one question is, are you, are you making the right things? Meaning, mm. um, you know, we believe strongly that you don't want to be advertising. And if you're going to do content marketing well, which we consider, um, you know, engaging people around ideas that, that are interesting for them, are you, are you leading with something that is interesting for them? And to go into a sales metaphor, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's the hard sell, right? Where you're saying, hey, Daryl, buy our product, buy our product, buy our product. And if I don't want the product, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I don't want to be a person. Bye-bye. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, and then there's the, then there's the mode of like, well, how can I help? You know, what are the problems that you have? What are the things that you care about mode? And, you know, and, and just generally speaking, more people are going to want to hear about ideas that are valuable to them. You know, mm -hmm. people want to hear your thoughts and your point of view on a problem that they're experienced, regardless of whether or not it features your product or not. So, you know, are you telling, are you approaching your storytelling from the right place? Um, you know, are, do you, do you have the, why does somebody care box mm -hmm. checked next to it? Uh, and then are you just, you know, from a tradecraft standpoint, telling that story? Well, uh, that's part one. Um, Part two is, you know, like the internet content, like, you know, the, the internet doesn't really need more content. It's kind of loaded to the gills with content. It's doing all right know? with content. It's, right. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like, it's like, if you think about the universe of problems. Not starving to death. Right, exactly. More, more content for the internet is not one of them. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, if you just, you know, write a blog post, for instance, and stick it on the web, it's your tree falling in the woods. Uh, mm -hmm. So how do you, what can you do to make sure that is not a tree falling in the woods. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. You have to have mm -hmm. steps that you're taking in order to make sure that the people who you want to reach see the thing that you're making um, mm -hmm. and 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 have a way of getting to it. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's that's another thing that you have to take into account. And then the and then the third thing that we'd say you have to take into account is what kind of experience are you creating for them? Mm -hmm. And and that's a really interesting one that I think 
a lot of our data shows that people aren't really thinking about, um, you know, as, as deeply as they should. And just to set the table for, for more of a conversation around it, I, you know, uh, things like the user experience, things like the calls to action that you choose to put in there and where you put them in, uh, things like the load time of your website, things like mm-hmm. are you using subheads and images and things like that to, mm-hmm. to, to help people scroll and guide them through, have a huge influence on whether or not someone is going to stay on this piece of content that they landed on or whether they're going to go and, you know, find one of the gajillion other pieces of content out there on the internet. I think that's a really great perspective. We talk a lot about customer experience on the podcast and, and in Revenue Growth Engine. It's an anchor for all of this and taking that mentality and then applying it to uh, what's in your digital marketing specifically in something like a blog post. I mean, we can all think of of times we've gone to an article that seemed interesting and then you click on it and it's like this block of uh, yeah. dense text that the, nobody- The impenetrable wall of right. text. It, a it could PhD, be, it could be the, yes. Uh, yeah, it could never even make sense of it, right? It's like one of those yeah. things from the 16th century. And, um, you know, and, and then as opposed to going to something that is laid out, maybe more like a newspaper, article or I was I was thinking about you know I was reading a great article on the HB Harvard Business Review HBR website this morning it was actually interesting because while I was reading that I was thinking about how easy this is to read right mm-hmm. someone put some thought into the readability the layout the how it all flowed um, so that I actually made it to the end of that article and got a lot out of it I ended up yeah. sharing some stuff from it um, on my social feed and with a couple of people in our company and had that article been written, um, or presented to me in a way that was dense, small font, no, you know, hard to read, I probably wouldn't have consumed it. Yeah. So, so one of the things that we see with our data is one of the things we try to measure is how much time someone spends uh, mm-hmm. on a page. And, and, and we get really granular and really detailed about how we measure mm-hmm. time because at the end of the day, we think that we're, you know, we, we aren't actually trying to sell you something. You know, we're trying to be part of a sales process, but we mm-hmm. don't want the content that we write for our clients to be the thing that's selling, right? We don't want to necessarily have a buy now button on the bottom of the page and judge our success or failure based on other people did that. We want to know, did you get value out of the piece of content? And, and for us, time is the best approximation of it. Um, one of the things that we see is that, you know, different amounts of time on an article are correlated with different kinds of mindsets, different kinds of actions that someone might take. So, um, you know, I, I don't know whether you've had this experience, but as content creators, we have this kind of experience all the time where we're working with a client on an article. And let's just say that it's a op-ed from their CEO. And, you know, when we work with big publicly traded companies on op-eds for their CEOs, and if you stop and think for a moment about how much time and effort and how that might translate into dollars, what the, what the like time and effort cost is of that kind yeah. of article, you know, you've got our team going off and working on something and we share it with the PR team and they give us feedback and we go off and rewrite it. And then they give it to the CEO's chief of staff and that chief of staff, you know, reads it and gives feedback. And then the CEO might spend a couple of hours with it. And then the lawyers have to look and like, and you add it up. And if there was like a taxi meter that mm-hmm. was rolling for this article, it's like, it's preposterous. Right. Right. And then, you know, and then what happens is, you know, someone goes without really thinking much about it. They stick it on this, 
you know, experience like the wall of text that you were thinking about earlier. Right. Like some of the PR yeah. sites even, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them are atrocious. And, 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 and what we see across all of our clients is that on average, about half of people are going to leave a website, a content, a piece of content before they reach the 15 second mark. And, and the 15 second mark is a useful proxy because like you can do a lot of things in 15 seconds, but like one thing you cannot do is actually read anything, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and if you ever, there's like, you're, you're, you seem like a sane, rational, normal human being. So you probably have not stood there with a stopwatch time with yourself reading articles, but it's the sort of thing that we do all the time. And, and if, and if you ever tried it, what you'd find is like seconds, one, two, three, you're waiting for the page to load, right? right. Four yeah. and five is like, where am I? Did I, am I where I expected to be or not? Uh, then you're sort of thinking about, is this a good experience or a bad experience? You know, and again, you see a thousand dense words of text. You're like, you're gone. It might be the best idea anyone's ever published, but you're not going to engage. Right. With it. So, it, you know, it really takes about 15 seconds to acquaint yourself with the headline, to figure out where you are, uh, maybe to scroll a little bit and see what's there before, as a human, you begin to read. And again, what we see is that half of people will make a decision to stay or go not based on the words that you and the CEO and the chief of staff and the lawyers have just labored over, but based on all these other elements, you know, and, 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 and it's, and it's controllable by the way, you know, the mm -hmm. better, the more you focus on making that top experience that, that sort of instinctive visually led experience, you know, better and the more time you spend on it, you know, you can get that stat up to 65, 70, 75% even. Uh, and if you have an atrocious website, you can get it down to 15 or 20%, you know. Um, but but it's one of those areas that we strongly believe people aren't spending enough time and energy thinking about. You know, you, mm. you, you labor over the blog post itself, but the experience that you're creating for someone who wants to, to engage with it, you're not you know, people, people, there's just so much more that people could do there and it would have yeah. outsized dividends compared to almost any other investment that they could make. Very, very interesting. I think that is a fantastic perspective. And what are, what are like the top two or three signs of a horrible layout? Like what, what, what are like, what are some things if you see on your website, you should go directly, you know, to do not, your, do not pass go. Yeah. Right. Like get this designer. fixed now. Like what are the, what are the, what are the things that are going to yield that 15% engagement? Uh, so, so I, I'll tell you it's, I mean, there's, there's, I'm going to equivocate a little bit on the answer mm -hmm. to like, what does the blog template sure. look like? But I know we've all seen it before. Oftentimes it's that like big atrocious colored banner. It's confusing about where you are. You know, there's mm -hmm. like, maybe there's like a product navigation that mm -hmm. hasn't been replaced with a content kind of welcome, if you will. And so the first mm -hmm. reaction someone has is, oh, is this product marketing or is this going to be a reading, you know, mm -hmm. content experience? Um, you know, the other thing we might see is just, uh, you know, a headline that's hard to read or mm -hmm. a weird pattern as a wrapper around the whole blog. Um, and then something else that really makes a big difference is, you know, have you taken steps to break up that wall of text? So, mm -hmm. you know, a common behavior that people have, especially online, and especially when they come to a piece of content from say Google or from social is, you, you know, you scroll a little bit to see what's there. And then mm -hmm. you go back to the top and decide whether or not you're going to read. And so do you have subheads? Um, you know, just, just things are in a, just like little headlines along the way that tell you what a section is about and break up the copy. 
Do you have graphics or images or things inside the body copy itself that break up the experience? And so it feels more digestible and consumable to a reader. Those are, those are all techniques that we have seen uh, actively increase engagement. That's so, so helpful. And I think that this is something that you know, everyone listening in, sh you, this is a great, simple exercise to do um, going back through your website is to ask those questions, especially things like, like your blog, your news section on this. Uh, you know, when you think about all of this, a huge element of your expertise, and I think a huge element of success here is storytelling, right? Being able mm -hmm. to tell a good story. I love your background as a journalist in this. It's really fascinating um, in terms of, I wish there were more journalists that were getting into um, marketing. And I'd love to, you know, I, in fact, all the time I recommend if someone asks where I should, what I should study in school, um, I think journalism is like a great way because, because you, you get the facts, right? You tell the story. Um, what, what, in your opinion, and from your, your perspective, what are the elements of a good, of good storytelling? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great question. I appreciate it. And I'll tell, I'll just back up a little bit. And, and back when I was in a newsroom, you know, the question that I had editors ask me all the time is, is why does anybody care? And yeah. You know, and, and it's and it's and it's simultaneously a simple, obvious question, and it's sometimes so maddeningly hard to be able mm -hmm. to answer. And mm -hmm. and both as a reporter and even now, it's 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 you know you have to justify what you're writing about, what you're talking about, not because you find it interesting or not because it helps the business that you're trying to help, but because you know you're you're required to have empathy you know, put yourself in the shoes of the person who you're trying to reach and mm -hmm. anchor the thing that you're about to create through the value that you're providing to them. Um, and, and I think if I was going to say one thing, you know, that, that, you know, again, an actionable piece of advice that people who are making content at companies could do, could borrow from a newsroom, it's adopt that mindset. You know, when I was a reporter, I had um, like, you know, I was getting, I, I was covering tech, uh, the tech industry for the Wall Street Journal. Awesome. And as you might imagine, it was just a parade of, you know, executives from tech companies coming in to, to tell to tell us about why they were so great. And, uh, you know, and, and I had this feeling all the time. I was just like, I, you know, nobody cares. I didn't say this out loud, but, you know, right. I, I just kept thinking to myself, like, you know, you're, you're talking about how great you are, but, but, you know, most of my readers haven't heard of you. You know, they don't, they don't know who you are. Or, you know, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily need a widget right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what's a broader, oh, <laughs> apologies. No worries. Um, By the way, the, apologies yeah. to anybody out there who actually sells widgets. We've really been dogging the widget industry, but if, if you manufacture <laughs> widgets, this really can apply to you. Yeah, we love widgets. Widgets are awesome. <laughs> they just—I don't know. It's a great. I appreciate them. There. <laughs> no, it's good. We have, we have to put that disclaimer in there because we just don't want to upset any listeners that are are in the widget yeah. industry. It's we, a very we, vibrant Twitter industry. Is a very We're having all place. kinds of supply chain issues right now and everything, so they're they're a little sensitive. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I was just gonna say, you know, I, I would I would always sort of if I was offering any coaching, it was gonna be this question of like, well, you know you know, can you talk about how you fit into a broader trend in society? Can you talk mm -hmm. about how you fit into a problem that people are experiencing in, in a way that's not deus ex product, but, you know, they're, you know, your, your customers, your potential customers 
think about their lives in a much broader purview. I, I am, I'm, I'm struggling to run a small business mm-hmm. um, and I'm struggling with my accounting. Now, better financial software is a portion of the solution, but it's not the way that I'm thinking about or experiencing the problem. So, mm-hmm. so you know, can you have empathy for the way the person you're trying to reach is experiencing the problem and then give them, like, again, we've also, you know, when we talk to people about what they want from content, you know, how do people like me solve a problem I can relate to? It's sort of like the number one you know, thing that we hear people say, or uh, can I have data that can help me make better decisions is the number two thing that we hear people say. Mm-hmm. And, and those are both easy ways to put yourself into that empathy seat. Um, now, I will find that when I made the transition from journalism to marketer, uh, I began to really appreciate in a way that I didn't as a reporter, all of the rigor that goes into a well-crafted marketing message. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if what we're trying to do is get and sustain people's attention you know it, it, it's it's still advertising if all you're doing is going out with your message you know you still right. have to run your message to that filter of what is the thing that people are talking about what are they caring about uh what are what are the things that they're experiencing in life on a day-to-day basis and it's only through that you know alchemy that i think you can come up with a piece of content that's really going to engage people I like that. So let's experiment with that live folks here live on the revenue growth podcast. We're going to experiment with the storytelling message. And I like the idea of the accounting software, right? Cause there's a lot of, of yeah. uh, business owners and entrepreneurs on here. So let's say I am selling accounting software for small businesses. Um, and I believe that I have the greatest accounting software that's ever existed. And it's, you know, it's won the Awards for the best accounting mm-hmm. software out there, and and it's it's incredible um, software. How you know? How would you begin to craft a story that? Because I mean, really, let's be honest. Who cares about accounting software? So, how would you craft a story to the target market of small business owners? Let's say, like, how would you weave weave together current trends and challenges uh, that a small business owner is facing right now to? to tell a compelling story, totally putting yeah. you on the spot. No, 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 it's, it's totally fine. We have some and, fun with you know, this. And there's, and there's, and there's, you know, and of course there's, there's a lot of other questions and maybe I'll just, yeah. let's just play around and experiment. Okay. Yeah. Let's, we're, we're just, <laughs> but, we're just yeah. riffing here, folks. This is not yeah. pre-planned. And uh, uh, once again, if you're in the widgets thing, just insert widget for accounting software. So yeah, or, or maybe we're a hypothetical widget business. That's having a hard time with our accounting. <laughs> what with all the supply chain? <laughs> there you go. See, we've yeah. now the stories, including everybody. I love yeah. this. So, so how do you, how do you approach this? What, what's it, let us inside the mind of Ben Worthen. Yeah, so I, so it, it, it the the initial exercise is a little bit of a multi pronged one. So first of all, we would start as Message Lab coming in and saying like, well, what are our goals? What are we trying to accomplish with content? Because right. there's a lot of real things that you can do. On one hand, mm-hmm. you may just be wanting to, you know, raise some awareness or reach a new set of people, get them into your ecosystem, you know, yeah. for the first time. Um, you know, another thing is also just making sure you're crystal clear about who your audience is. Mm-hmm. You know, if in, the, in this example, we're talking to a small business owner, that's great. But, you know, we have other clients where, you know, the people who use their product aren't necessarily the same people that are going to write the check for the product. And if that's right. the case, you have to decide who do you want to reach and the things that they're going to care about are different. So you have to sort of settle on those types of questions initially. But then, but let's say we're going to talk to small business owners um, and we want to reach people, you know, when they're at a moment of having questions around finances, accounting, and that aspect of, of a business. The first thing we would do is we would, we would sort of define the world of content 
and and it's more broadly than the world of what a product is. Um, and in the exercise that we find helpful sometimes is to think about like, what is the idea? What's the big idea? If we're gonna have an idea store mm-hmm. that was parallel to a product store, what would we stock the shelves with? You know, like what are the big ideas? And oftentimes it's like, what are the challenges that our person is struggling with today that in parentheses our product may be able to help with? Um, and what could what could the world be like? in a world where everybody used our product to its fullest potential, you know? And, and so you have the sort of the dual prong of the challenges and the problems that they're dealing with now combined with the promise and opportunity, the aspirational part that they can achieve later on. Now, each of those would be a, a sort of an, an, a swim lane, if you will, for the kind mm-hmm. of content that you could create. Um, then you got to figure out what kind of, like how, what kind of job do you want each piece of content to have? You know, in, and as an example, um, something that is optimized for SEO is going to, you know, is a moment in time someone's going to find it. And it's going to be a particular kind of content. We've all seen it. It's these, uh, you know, answers to questions that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily based on Daryl's experience or Ben's experience. It's not really a lot of narrative, but it's like well-organized at its best well-organized, concise answers to frequently asked questions. Um, so that's one kind of content. And if your strategy is to, you know, try to reach small business owners who are, you know, typing into Google, this is probably a pretty good strategy, by the way. <laughs> you know, their uh-huh. financial problems, um, that's, that's one way to do it. But that kind of content doesn't tend to be very inspiring. You know, uh-huh. it's not going to do well on social as an example, you know, um, you know, very few people are going to, you know, click on, you know, the, um, you know, read how Daryl, the widget maker, you know, turned his, you know, basement based widget company into a billion dollar <laughs> empire. You know, that's more inspiring. Right. 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 <laughs> um, yes. but, um, and that, and that's going to get people from a different Avenue, but, but people aren't necessarily searching for it. So you're not going to get traffic from that way. So, so realistically, you probably want to think about, okay, how do we have different, some content that's going to be for search, some content that's going to be maybe not social, but email, you know, something mm-hmm. where we're trying to inspire people, right. Mm-hmm. To, to click um, and, and, and fill both of those buckets. Um, and then, and then to go back to, you know, that, that, that sort of empathy point, you know, if we're trying to sell, uh, accounting software, I, I think it, it's, it's beginning to think more broadly about the problems that we're helping people with. You know, the the, yeah. the problem as you experience it is um, the tax code changed and I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to treat this thing for my business, right? And that, and you get a nice little uh, cheeky headline of like 10 tax code changes for 2022 that every small business owner should know, you know, right. that yep. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, how, you know, or that profile story, you know, how, um, how getting better visibility into, you know, accounts receivable and cash management yeah. helped Daryl build a billion dollar widget empire, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and that's like bringing this. someone's lived experience, you know, and what they did and how, right. and how something helped them. So, uh, you know, again, we could, we could sit here and we could real time 30 different ideas, uh, for what to do. But, but they're all in that same, you know, coming from those same places. There's so many good ideas in that last segment. I mean, this is kind of one that I think a lot of people are going to want to rewind and go back and really take some notes on. But I think one of the things that was really interesting to me is 
that I, I think a lot of people don't pay attention to is what's the purpose of that content? That SEO mm -hmm. content is not the content that's going to necessarily generate interest, human interest, right? In, in social or an email and, you know, looking at, um, there does need to be some, you know, to quote, uh, Marcus Sheridan, some, they ask you answer type content for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, there also needs to be some content that is more inspirational, aspirational, but all of it anchored around questions and problems and issues. And uh, don't you know, there are plenty of questions, problems and issues right now um, in this shifting world that we're in. So this is a content writer's um, opportunity dream in a lot of ways, because I think a lot of companies as we're wrapping up, I think this is a time where a lot of a lot of companies should be rethinking their content because the environment's changed, the outcomes buyers want are shifting. What are your thoughts in terms of of what companies should be thinking right now in the middle of this dynamic environment when it comes to content? Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of what you just mentioned. People have more things they could choose to pay attention to than ever mm -hmm. before. Uh, and we have more ways of accessing it. We all have distraction devices in our pocket. And in the, in the, and in the moment, something isn't interesting. The moment something feels off, you, you know, there's something else to pay attention right. to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we have to, we think we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard uh, if we're going to be in the attention business, you know, and, and we believe strongly that that's the first step towards, you know, nurturing someone to the point of being a customer. Right. If they become a customer of your idea, to go back to the earlier metaphor, you know, mm -hmm. and then a repeat customer of your ideas, we believe that they're much more likely to eventually become a customer of the product. So, love it. You know, doing, making content that's better, making content that you put effort into, not just throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks, but but being purposeful and figuring out, you know. What is the job of this piece of content? Those are all things that we think everybody should be asking themselves and looking into in order to get the kind of results that, that we hope content can generate for us. I love it. What a great quote. If they become repeat customers of your content, they're much likely to become a customer of your product. That's so beautiful. Ben, thank you for sharing time with us today. Any last words of inspiration as we wrap up? <laughs> um <laughs> make good stuff <laughs> make good stuff you heard it here and uh, we'll put all your contact information in the show notes you're going to want to connect with ben and follow him because i have a sense that there's a lot of good content uh in uh in your future if you do that ben thank you so much for sharing time with us today this has been yeah, a course. fantastic conversation yeah thank you for having me appreciate it awesome awesome and thank you to everybody listening in today and sharing the revenue growth podcast with your peers we're on a mission right now in 2022 uh, to drive forward, to make this a successful year. Are there challenges? Absolutely. And that's why we've got to dig in and dig deep and work together to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success in the year to come. Thanks again to Selling from the Heart. Make sure to check out the 2022 Authentic Selling Challenge for your sales team at AuthenticSellingChallenge.com. Thank you to everybody who's leaving reviews on your listening platform of choice, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thanks for subscribing and leaving a review. It helps us spread the message. We've got a good roster of shows lined up here throughout the winter and spring. And I'm so excited about the ideas we're bringing to the table to help 
you grow. So until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21,000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.